Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is Alan Watt, uh, standing in for Jackie Petru, who has um, uh, sinusitis right now, uh, probably due to the chemtrails that are being stepped up across the country. And uh, I've got them. T I've got it too, actually. But uh, we'll struggle through this hour. Um, I talked to Jackie about half an hour ago. There's no real format for for this. Um, Broadcast that generally there never is. We just go off the cuff, so you'll have to persevere as I uh, let loose whatever comes to my mind. Uh, this is the the first of March, and it's 2006. Uh, we just witnessed the the end of the Olympic Games. I don't know if, if you watched the, the end of it. I don't watch the games. I watch the beginning and the end ceremonies uh, because they're, they're highly telling with the occultic symbology they use in your face and of course it was held in Turin in the north of Italy uh, this year and Turin used to be a stronghold of uh, some of the ancient Cathars and so on and Albigensians and at the end ceremony they showed you the oval the oval rink or arena Arena comes from Aaron, of course, priest, high priest, circle. And it's an oval shape, and um, uh, they, they showed you the big uh, flaming obelisk-type tower with intertwined uh, serpents, really, intertwined, making up the tower, and the fire coming out the top, symboling the, the fire of re the regenerative force, or the issue from the phallus, basically, which you'll see in uh, many Masonic... Um, obelisks across the country uh, they, moved, they put one up for uh, Kennedy uh, after he was assassinated in Dallas and, and that's got a not a real flame shooting out just a, a stone one I guess that's because he was shot stone dead but uh, in, in this particular closing ceremony um, they, they had dancers, hundreds of dancers dressed up like um, uh, tarot cards and the commentator said it's because this, this region at one time was heavily into uh, the tarot card reading and actually had permission apparently at one time uh, to use them from the church and then it was withdrawn again and then they were persecuted and then the dancers made a circle of course the eternal circle and then they made a five-pointed star which is the Masonic five-pointed star that you see uh, between Wall and Mart, Walmart You'll see it in Freemasonry. You'll see it on the, the American flag and many others. Um, that's fire, air, earth, water, and of course the added element is spirit. And they, they claim that the profane, the majority of the public, don't have spirit. So you only get four points instead of five uh, if you're the average profane, you see. So I watched this Masonic parade um, with other actors being dressed up as, as red flames themselves and uh, going around this, uh, this uh, arena uh, it's quite fascinating to watch how everything is put right in front of your eyes and the majority of the public uh, listen to the songs that are played and may even dance to them uh, but they don't really know what they're watching or participating in even if they're actually there but the world is full of a particular hidden religion's symbology it is all around us it's um, it's on all main logos of of your major companies and corporations, uh, carefully hidden um, or, or slightly altered pyramids and, and triangles, and um, you have the double X, of course, of X and Valdi, uh, and you have the Kruxang Sata, etc., etc., etc. So we live in a world where we take everything for granted simply because. All of that which is around us it exists. You're born into it. And like all mammals, uh, you look to your, to your parents, your guardians, to warn you of danger. And if your parents were thoroughly brainwashed, then they don't warn you. They don't know. And then the child grows up thinking everything must have evolved this way quite naturally. And that's how easy to keep this type of system going. Whereas Lenin himself, who, who really had the best education by the top bankers on the planet, 
because they had to create uh, an opposition to create change, um, directed change that is. Uh, Lenin himself said that the public uh, uh, must never know that mankind could go off in a thousand different directions. They had to believe the one they were born and, and live in is, is a natural evolution and, and do it unquestioningly. And we do. We're born into it. And so we go through this strange existence we call life, um, where immediately you'll see your national symbols flash in front of you at school or on television. Uh, you learn very quickly that soldiers are somehow special if you're a little boy, and I was little girls too, of course. And um, uh, people who come from uh, no background at all, at the very bottom of the ladder, will get... Uh, somehow respect from their from their the top of their country and all, all the citizenry, if they wear this this one form this uniform, and um, they, they never question it from there on. Uh, we did we don't question what we're even taught at school or even why we're at school, or who designed the school system, and, and who does it serve, and of course what we're living in is as Karl Marx said it's a uh, an economic system every system since they call the birth of civilization is actually an economic system and by that they call it civilization meaning it was an organized priesthood or many priesthoods specialized ones like bureaucrats from the days of Sumer onwards that uh, also handled uh, money in the form of gold measure or later on gold coin and, uh, and of course controlled trade and through trade, they created little factory towns in, in, in ancient Phoenicia, for instance. So it's never really stopped. And they even had free trade in, in ancient Phoenicia. If you think it's a brand new idea, uh, they, they were already standardizing the coinage weight uh, internationally in ancient times by the Phoenicians. And um, uh, they wouldn't trade eventually. Once you got your hooked on trade and having your little toy beads coming in, and all this kind of stuff and even porn they, they exported porn which was chiseled or, or baked in clay uh, with little cartoon characters uh, and um, I guess they even gave a prize to their own version of Hugh Hefner in those days but uh, they, they exported all the same stuff that has come down through the ages and at the same time they brought other priests with them to give them the opposite of, of uh, the porn etc meaning sin and, and um uh, this is how you pay your god off with little bribes called offerings and maybe you'll you'll um, be allowed to continue with your little sins in secret so right up to the present day we've been controlled by an economic system they call civilization uh, they say it has a plan uh, it's called progress no one you will find uh, defines for us what progress is or those who, who keep talking about progress and never define it for us, I should say. Uh, whose progress? Is it to, to, a progress to what ends? And to serve whom? Because we're, we really are being shaped uh, in a very ancient plan that uh, the high occultists... That you, and the high occultists, you cannot buy their books on the regular bookstores. Uh, the high occultists own all the, the big publishing companies that churn out the rubbish for the people but they have their own inner um, archives for themselves and for their offspring who take over from them but um, they said that this great work this great plan to perfect all that was imperfect left imperfect by the grand architect of the universe um, began four and a half thousand years ago and this is this part of the plan because there's many hints of previous ages and destructions and so on uh, possibly brought about by the same priesthoods who keep trying over and over again and that's why when Sumer came on the scene for instance it didn't evolve slowly uh, from uh, uh, guys dragging their, their, their knuckles across the desert floor like apes no, they, they arrived on the scene with many bureaucracies as priests, a pantheon of deities to, to, to rule every part of a person's life, a full economic system with trade internationally, in fact, even trade with India. And we're talking 5,000 B.C. or so. And um, 
they didn't learn this from, from uh, picking it up piece by piece. You could even get a baked receipt from the supermarket, the open-air market, and you got it in 15 minutes, which when the computer breaks down at your supermarket, could maybe a bit faster than the present. So we're talking about a, a, an understanding of commerce, uh, science and control of the mind of populations uh, to, to make people accept slavery and a, a definite caste system uh, a caste system uh, where you have an inbred elite even at the days of Sumer uh, and that's come right down to the present day uh, we see it in India too with the Brahmins who claim to be more perfected physically through their selective breeding and of course they, they claim they have the best uh, um, highest spirits reincarnated forever to the present time and we, we are going into an age now, we're into it actually, where the same mystery religion that ran all of the ancient world is controlling us, shaping our minds because they laid the, the, you know, they, they laid the foundations for this a long time ago. They shaped the mind uh, for years in advance before the public even know their minds are being directed in a certain direction. And hence the new age was brought in ultimately in the 1960s uh, first written about in the magazine called The New Age which was the main publication of the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry that was the title of it, The New Age and um, they prepare the fields which is your mind they, they leave it fallow then they plough it uh, then, they, then they harrow it uh, then they sift it then, then they plant the seed it can take generations to get to the crop that they want, but they have it today, and people haven't really noticed the, 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 the rather quick changeover uh, where in many bookstores, major bookstores, the large uh, shelves which contained uh, all hundreds of, of the regular Christian books and so on have all disappeared, and they're, and they're all full of the New Age books they think these authors just spontaneously arise but they don't and uh, it's because the mind was shaped long ago for the readers, the present day readers to accept this new philosophy uh, Albert Pike who was the the Pope of Freemasonry the world Pope of Freemasonry in the late 1800s and wrote the main treatise on it uh, Morals and Dogma for those below uh, 33 and below even though he himself was much higher and belonged to higher groups, uh, stated in there, it says that we have been behind every major revolution in the world. It said, and we never fail because we always lay the groundwork. We never begin a premature revolution. And that goes with all change in society because most revolutions are cultural revolutions. They're non-bloody, such as the sexual re revolution, uh, the feminist, etc., uh, etc. Et These are non-bloody, but they take a long time to work behind the scenes, prepare the ground, and eventually have everyone accept the new norm. Uh, this is part of, of ongoing revolution, which in high masonry they call struggle. I struggle. That's why I'll, um, you find that even Adolf Hitler called it Mein Kampf, my struggle. It's all Masonic, you see. All sides are Masonic in every battle. Without battle, you cannot have change. And the laws of nature being in opposition to each other, such as winter versus summer and fall versus spring, uh, show this. And of course, 4,500 BC was the beginning of this part of the great work to perfect that which was left imperfect. Uh, they said they'd have to use the laws of nature and change in society the sheep you see the, the great mass of people are called sheep in all ages and have good shepherds the sheep will not go in the direction they want them to go in fact they won't move at all unless there is a conflict between two sides on either side and that way they're directed to the next pasture which is the next part of the, of the age so the ancient occultists above what we know as Freemasonry who have guided all of this are simply 
destroying the old structure. They are builders, remember. They build society and they build culture. Uh, they're moving from the stage they'd be that uh, and used successfully for the last couple of thousand years of Christianity in different varieties and forms and they're dismantling it of course they've been dismantling it for a while it served its purpose it kept the people obedient to uh, a caste system in Europe with kings and queens and aristocracy and nobility they made sure that in uh, the King James Version they put in there that um, all government comes from God just to make sure that they would obey you see uh, and the oddest thing of course down through the ages is that these European countries where the people were always recruited given uh, uniforms often the first new clothing they'd ever had in their life um, and, and became suddenly respectable before they went off to get slaughtered it's awfully strange that um, um, the same techniques which were used then are still used today uh, they could never really click and they never thought that how come um, they shouldn't kill and yet it was okay to kill when their governments actually encouraged it not only that you get medals for doing it if you lived that long that is and uh, you would have uh, eventually ticker tape parades and, and you'd be held up for your five minutes in the sun before you were cast off into the streets without a pension so this is the reality of, of, of this incredible system uh, including its history which we're given um, how they can actually indoctrinate you never to stand up to a, a tyrannical system in your own country uh, and even when it is tyrannical um, they can tell you to believe in God and God's watching you and, and don't kill but uh, when they tell you to go and kill for economic reasons for the elite abroad somewhere uh, the men just rush off uh, that's, that's a tribal technique a tribal instinct which the, the elite understand they bring out the symbols the brass bands or the bagpipes or whatever it is and the young guys who run on hormones and cannot think uh, they're too young to know what's going on they don't even know who they are themselves at that age they run off and uh, either win or lose uh, although the elites never win or lose you'll notice uh, generally the country's leaders at both sides will share the loot uh, the booty as they used to call it um, where the, the people it kept the populations down so war fulfilled many functions uh, in the 20th century war uh, was preordained by Albert Pike and others of various high Masonic institutes who wrote about it freely at one time and they said that um, there would be three world wars uh, one definitely with Germany possibly two with Germany but the third one would be Zion against Islam and we're seeing that being fulfilled now H.G. Wells uh, wrote about that too in his, his uh, novel version uh, Shape of Things to Come where he even put Basra in as the, as the focal starting point of the third one and of course he was in Britain when he wrote it and in Basra is, uh, is, is the major area and city that the British troops went into in Iraq this time so these guys know the agenda and we are simply living a script uh, pre-written long before we were, we were actually born we can find many of the big players um, belong to the Trilateral Commission uh, the Trilateral Commission was formed uh, from members of the Council on Foreign Relations for America which is the American branch of the Royal Institute of International Affairs uh, any non-commonwealth country is, an, is, is called a Council on Foreign Relations country <clears throat> and we find that, that the Trilateral Commission was set up initially to bring in the three trading blocks that Karl Marx wrote about in the 1840s in Das Kapital 
uh, Karl Marx wrote this in London and he was uh, put up by the Rothschilds bankers of course because the rich men of the world always have run the world since they introduced their money civilization system and they had to create a, a, an opposition uh, to themselves in a sense or at least the appearance of opposition to get the great work through uh, you must have what appears to be a direct um, antithesis to the thesis and that's why they created a, a system which was supposed to uh, declare that they would destroy capitalism completely and uh, get rid of the old caste system and bring in a world with experts running it at the top and scientists etc run on reason and logic and yada yada and everybody would serve the state and and of course the people at the bottom believed it and the people in the middle uh, management level got a different version and then the ones up at the Politburo level and even above them got the real version uh, that's how it, it worked you see but Karl Marx wrote about the, the three trading blocks back in the 1840s uh, funded uh, uh, by the Rothschilds who owned the Bank of England and uh, and of course they also owned the banks in Germany and Italy and a few other countries and uh, you, you find that um, they funded the, the communists uh, Karl Marx also by the way Karl Marx wrote letters to Abraham Lincoln they're in the congressional records because he congratulated Lincoln on upholding the unification of the Americas uh, or the United States because in communist ideology uh, a strong central government must take over all laws, regulations, etc. over the entire country and so for Americans who want to research that you can look into your congressional records and you'll find that that uh, Abraham Lincoln was uh, in correspondence with Karl Marx and had tremendous congratulations from the latter on his ability to keep uh, this particular goal which they both knew they understood but the masses didn't in mind uh, during the Cold War that came on after World War II um, there was a so-called arms race uh, that is, again is a great thing with war or pretend wars uh, they can tax the people to the hilt the people think that they're being saved or protected meanwhile the money was being funneled into NASA, the NSA they all have NASA sounds because that's the Hebrew Aramaic word for, for the head for the head of the Sanhedrin is called a NASA or Nazi if you like and that is no coincidence and so NASA has been putting more satellites up there for future use which ultimately will do to with the controlling of our ID cards with the active chips in them which are now out in the open uh, they are definitely active chips um, and ultimately the, the inserted chip is to come afterwards the, the, the card is only a stepping stone and all the technology was made through uh, budgets getting funneled to these uh, experimental labs um, to do with, with, with what's happening today not with what's, what's happening in the Cold War at all uh, to do with high-tech uh, observation control of people uh, through, through the trick of the elect of course which is electricity which they knew in the 1700s they would use Benjamin Franklin wrote about it if anybody cares to look into it so electricity, computers etc. Were, were mandated for, for a stepping stone towards where we're going very shortly which is to be a totally controlled world where as they said in their plan, their great plan of course they wrote about it uh, and they called it Revelations in the New Testament that's written in such uh, exoteric and esoteric language which is typical of the ancient brotherhood and uh, they tell you right in there that the age would come where no one could buy or sell without the mark or the image of the beast but it's a mark really and a mark of course can be a scratch insertion or whatever um, you couldn't buy or sell and of course the cashless society is coming along with 
this new ID card which every country in the world is putting into place at the same time. And in fact, in Canada, uh, they pulled out Scott Day recently and gave him his first thing to tell the public, which was that, uh, well, the U.S. is bringing it in and uh, Britain's brought it in and other countries in Europe are bringing it in and so we, we must bring it in too. We can't be left behind. And I guess that logic, which they always use for this kind of thing, uh, would mean that if they're reading fetus in China, then I guess we should be doing the same thing here. So there's no logic. It's an agenda, and that's the reason it doesn't really make uh, really sense to us. Uh, this, this ID card, according to Stockwell Day, will also be your international passport. He did say it's not just a national card. It's an international card which will tell you that the regional and international computers, supercomputers, will, will, um, are already set up to take these things. And they were set up years ago because back in about 95, Canada bought five super Cray computers, and it was written about at the time. Each supercomputer could handle technically all the data in Canada, and the reporters in the, in the Toronto papers were scratching their heads wondering why... Uh, little old Canada was buying all these big super Cray computers. Uh, these things take buildings to put them in. Uh, they are nitrogen cooled. Uh, these aren't your little tabletops. Uh, so Australia at the same time in the, the early 90s, mid 90s was doing the same thing. And some reporters, I have them on videotape, talking in, in the mid 90s were, were talking about this. They said, well, you know there's going to be a coming ID card, don't you? So they all, they all know this. This is 9-11 uh, was simply the Pearl Harbor event that Brzezinski talked about must occur uh, to get the people motiv motivated behind a war which was to begin, according to his book, The Grand Chessboard, published in 98. Uh, it would begin in Afghanistan, which it did, and then go over to Iraq, uh, then into Iran, then Syria and they would finish off the job that Britain began of standardizing the world into a one system, a one legal uh, economic um, system, educational system worldwide, because we all must become one. The real meaning of one is not what the New Agers are dreaming about. That's all the stuff that's been fed to them by the big boys who churn out their books for them. Uh, the oneness that, that the big boys are talking about is actually um, a zombie land, basically, a Borg land, where most of the public will, will simply be programmed for the work. They'll be unable to think of themselves as a distinct individual. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I think I'm back. But uh, get a bit of music there when it starts again. But uh, first of all, I'll tell you that um, I'm on again on the X-Zone radio tonight, um, which will be uh, 1 a.m. Eastern, and that's broadcast on a whole bunch of AM stations as well as the Internet radio. Um, it comes out of Hamilton, Ontario, and that should be a, a pretty good program, I think or broadcast, I hate the word program because we're all being programmed uh, it's also being broadcast uh, in Australia and, and the UK and, uh, and other countries too on the, March the 5th and 12th I'll be on the, the, the internet radio uh, which is called Eye on the Future with Hezbollah and um uh, that, I know that will roll well because we, we, there's, a, there's a bit of interaction there which helps to give it a bit of fire. Um, so things may be picking up. It's hard to tell how long we have really to discuss things which must be discussed before it's forbidden. We're almost at that stage now where if you say anything contrary to the present agenda, it's called anti-government, which is a direct translation from the Soviet term used over there. Uh, as was political correctness, uh, a direct translation from the Soviet term. So the Soviet is actually here. The Soviet system is now merged with the capitalist system, and that's what they call the, the third way, 
which uh, Mr. Gingrich was talking about as he tossed out uh, Mr. Toffin's, uh, Toffler's books called The Third Way. It's the merging of the two into the one system for global uh, reconstruction, uh, a communistic uh, overbearing bureaucracy to deal with every part of an individual's life with an, uh, uh, the usual elite at the top above all of that uh, who will, will, are called the dominant minority according to Plato you see they call them the dominant minority the inbred group at the top who own the wealth of the world um, with their helpers down beneath them so this is the world we're going into and it's a part uh, it's a step by step world uh, until they have literally as implanted with these brain chips uh, which are talked about at the Loyola meetings, the World Science meetings sponsored by the US Department of Commerce uh, where the scientists said it's all ready to go, all they have to do was to get the people to accept this chip inserted into their body would be to start putting into cartoons, uh, promoting it at kindergartens and schools, and put them in novels and movies as a as a as a, a good thing to have. And they already are putting them in all all of those things. Of course, preparing the ground again, the field, plowing it, harrowing it, and then planting it. And the people will think it's a natural evolution once more. However, Arthur Kessler, who worked. On, on this technique of lobotomizing the mind said it must be done for world peace peace means uh, peace from the people <laughs> that's what it means it means it means that the people won't have to have um, entertainment and sports and and all this kind of stuff to, to, to keep them occupied um, uh, it will simply be programmed like the Borg on uh, the Starship Enterprise to do specific tasks um, I'd like to thank a woman in Sweden who's been asking for my books they should be out tomorrow and um, she's a nice woman in her 80s uh, it shows you that age has nothing to do with, with following, studying nor, nor waking up to what's really going on and in some people they simply have that hunger others don't um, and we certainly cut through the nonsense that's out there and it's top heavy with nonsense put out by the big boys of Tavistock uh, who also shove the authors out there to write out thousands of books to confuse you even more that's always been the way to shape our minds into certain directions so to thank Maria and, uh, and they should be out tomorrow for those in Australia who were asking about the international meeting I read about from uh, some time ago. It was actually, I thought it was in Melbourne, it was in Sydney, Australia, October 1938. It was, uh, it, was, it was the Royal Institute of International Affairs World Meeting, very important meeting, and they did have U.S. members there from the CFR. Uh, every Attendant of, from every country is listed in the back. All Australian uh, delegates. Um, they have the ones from New Zealand, Britain, Ireland, even, and uh, and India. And in this book, they go through the entire structure for right up until the 2000 and beyond to create a new world order, and as those terms, a new world order and how they would use uh, a structured system to, to control the people, a structured system run by experts, which, of course, that is also backed up by uh, Lord Bertrand Russell, who uh, wrote Science on, on, on Impact of Science on Society. So in this book, if, if you can get a hold of it, um, it was printed by the Oxford University Press, Toronto, um, it has a list of all the Royal Institutes, the Canadian Institute, the Australian Institute, New Zealand, South African, and the one from India. And the, the United States, of course, as I say, we're in attendance, has all your big players. And what you'll find in it is that the top leaders of left and right wings uh, were all members of it. And this is a Masonic organization, by the way, because in Masonic law, 
they can speak equally on the floor, on the squared, on the level, as they say. And so they had all the, the, the people who would create the, the dialectic, the fight between left and right, etc. Uh, they'd have the leaders there hammering out the agenda and how they would make it work on the people. Their goal ultimately would be a world where people um, would have constructive world citizenship. And this is the very end of the book, in fact. Uh, some members of the conference called it a world order, a new world order. Some, the good life, some spoke of constructive world citizenship or the brotherhood of man, that Masonic term again. Still another, other words, other words used which might serve as a motto both for the commonwealth and for the world order of which he and his companions dreamed was to develop in each individual a sense of duty to his fellow man. In later conferences, they call it a sense of duty to the state. And in fact, they say that you would not be born unless they, they had a, a, some, a need for you uh, to serve the world, world state. Um, they go through the coming up World War II, uh, they pretty well know they were going to win it. They said they would defend the Soviet Union at all costs. This is in this one book. This is the minutes and, and speeches of their meetings. And, uh, uh, as I say, this was long before I was a gleam in my father's eye, you know. Uh, the whole future is in, was in here. And, um, and of course, they also knew that towards the end of the millennium, uh, Russia would just simply... Uh, bring down its its, its, uh, its system and merge with the West. That was the merger, which Mr. Gorbachev talked about just before he left, when he was Premier of Russia. He said to, the, to his fellow uh, Russians, he said, some people will say that communism is dying or is dead. He says, do not believe it. He says, we're simply moving out into the world to fulfill our destiny. In other words, that was always the plan that once they had created this system, they'd merge it with the West, with the banking system, the dominant elite of the West, and they would run the world in a constructive, scientific manner where experts would run the show, intellectual ex export. And that's what we have today. Uh, Lenin also wrote about this uh, same thing uh, at the beginning of the 1900s. He said towards the end of the millennium and into the new, the world would be so top-heavy so top-heavy with, with bureaucracy and, and, and bureaucratic departments uh, overreaching each other that there would be some confusion. So it's quite right there because we see that today with so many government departments uh, literally stepping over each other on their own, each other's turf. So um, in this particular book, this one from the, from the, the meeting uh, of the Institute of International Affairs, they talk about uh, the possible necessity of bringing the United States into the war, uh, possibly by, an, uh, by uh, an attack by Japan on the United States. Uh, this was in 1938, folks. So if you think things just happen, uh, please just read your New Age books, burn incense, live in a bubble, chant your, your own, eat your seeds and health foods, and, and just turn your back on what's happening because you've effectively been disabled from participating in the creation of destiny uh, this world we're living in is, is actually participate in destiny the new agers are, are, are soaking up all these propaganda books which are thinly disguised as, as promoting the new religion to believe that 2012 is going to be the end of the world according to the Maya calendar and all of that. Well, I'll tell you, you see those guys who represent the Mayans that were that they've dug up for some shows uh, are all Masons, you see. Just like the American Indians were sold down the river by their chiefs who became Masons. Willie Bryant was one of their first ones for the, for the tribes up in Canada and the States. And uh, he joined the British side during the American Revolution and he told some of his other members of the tribes to join the American side, which is to feel dialectic once again. His son Norton took over as the Grand Master of the Federation of the, of the seven or the five nations, as they called it. So we have the same thing um, in Africa too with Mr. Mandela and all the usual leaders. They're all high Masons. And when you become a Mason, you leave your old family behind.
and your new family is the new international brotherhood of, of, of Masons, you see. And that's who you serve. You swear oaths to do that. You no longer belong to the people who still identify with you. You may lead them, but you will lead them up the garden path because you're now led into the real agenda. And those ordinary people below you are the profane, the dark ones, live in the darkness, you see. And um, you simply lead them to where your brotherhood wants them to go. They are there to be used. And in fact, Albert Pike, the Pope of Masonry, said, those who will not use their own power of reason and intellect are nothing more than beasts of burden and meat on the table by choice and consent. And, and, and therefore, in that case, if that's their choice, then those who are the true predators have the right to use them. That's what it means by the law of nature. So they're nice guys, eh? This is the real, the real intent behind it. It's a, it's a class caste type system. And they have all the New Agers reading all this Mayan stuff. The same tricks they pulled with, with Christianity for thousands of years. Well, geez, I mean, God wrote revelations, didn't he? And God said it's going to all end, you know, and, and, and all this is going to happen, and there's nothing we can do because it's God's will. And here you come with this updated Mayan, uh, well, prophecy, spontaneous prophecy. It's all going to end in 2012. And the New Agers say nothing you can do about it, you know, it's just written that way. This is the, the oldest con in the book. Conology, the priest's con. Con is priest, by the way. So you, you hear all of this stuff, and it's rubbish. And, and the main thing is, you can find all, all the real stuff by the guys who implement it and plan it and write about it. Because Arthur C. Clarke was one of the highest masons in Britain. And through two movies written in the 60s, he goes through the beginning of the push for the new way of things, which begins in 2001, hence the name of his first movie. And it was to be completed by 2010, hence the name of his second movie. You see? One of the highest masons. And, and it's nothing to do with what you think is in the movie. It's set in space, and on Earth and in space. But it's actually the occultic journey. And you'll see the one guy overcoming the computer, the sun, how, for halogen, halcyon, and how, H-A-L, each letter after the alphabet is I, and then you have B and M, I-B-M, the computer. He overcomes the master, you see, and becomes a god himself. In 2010, you have him coming back as a, a god who can go back and forth through time, never ages. And he tells all the people on earth something wonderful is going to happen. Can't tell them what, but wonderful is going to happen. Well, we know what it is because at the Loyola meeting, we'll all have a brain chip by then. And they said we'd all be interlinked in a, a form of electronic telepathy. And, but they go further and tell you there'll be no such thing as an individual once this has occurred. It will be the end of individualism as we know it. Of course, the elite will not take this because they must retain their self-preservation survival mechanisms because they will be planning the destiny and steering the ship of earth this this is where you'll find the real agenda so they've, they've been training everyone they will all be one will all be one and uh, of course the new ages are falling into it not knowing hey it's going to be done electronically some will like it some will think this is fantastic being linked up electronically it's a natural evolution well I just wish I could find a planet for them to go to and leave the rest of us alone because if there's any natural abilities uh, they won't be used in fact you won't be able to cultivate any natural abilities it'll be the end of that so this is the real world we live in it's been planned down through the ages for centuries and thousands of years to bring us to this step of a well-ordered planned society um, the United Nations unentrenched UN for one uh, is a, a sort of front man for this dominant minority 
who run the world, this inbred bunch that uh, have selective breeding, like Charles Galton Darwin breeding into the uh, to, to one family, um, the Wedgwood family, for, for at least six generations. That's all they married were Wedgwoods. He made pottery, so I think all the Darwins were a bit potty, and that explains it. Uh, Charles's own children, because of all this interbreeding for generations with him, his ten children, eight, eight of them died right, right away. One ended up dying soon after, and I think the last one then died in an insane asylum. So then they started breeding with the Galton family, and so Charles Galton family wrote The Next Million Years, uh, Sir Charles Galton, 1950s, wrote this book, boasting about the next million years they're going to control, if we let them, of course. And he talked about the culling of the majority, since we won't need them anymore. He says, if the, if, if the ordinary masses breed anymore, they'll overtake us, meaning the inbred elite, and wipe them out. So he says, we better do it first to them. And that's where we're going today. All of the threats of war, this ongoing nonsense of terror everywhere, is all to get the public off balance to allow the elite to terrorize us and dictate to us what we must do and to give themselves the powers to do it. Interestingly, in 1998, Alan Rock of Canada a sort of lifelong player in politics um, who apparently is related to the Rockefellers according to rumour but I can't verify that um, Alan, he's now a, of course an ambassador to the UN but when he was in Minister of Justice he introduced an omnibus crime bill which was introduced in the US at the same time by Mr. Bill Clinton and this really is the same thing as this, this new anti-terrorism bill and they were pushing it through in the 1998 and it has in it then and it, and it will go through here in Canada because being a good democracy we have no say in it at all that's perfect democracy um, in it it said that, that uh, they could arrest anyone uh, uh, on, on any suspicion and hold them indefinitely without trial meaning for the rest of their lives and no one would know where they went, etc., uh, etc. Et and even the reporters were scratching their heads saying, why is this being pushed now when the world is so peaceful and happy and safe, etc.? Well, Mr. Rock took his orders from people above the Prime Minister. He was in on the agenda, and they were preparing the road for, for, for 2001 before it even happened. Zygmunt Brzezinski put his book out in '98 talking about the need for this Pearl Harbor event. Uh, he belonged to the, Ameri the New American Century Club, a private club of, of the Bushes, Wolfowitzes, Cheneys, Rumsfelds, etc., who published their own agenda first in 92, then again in 98 themselves. It's still available apparently on some websites. And uh, they go through the same scenario starting with Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, Syria and so on and taking the oil so we're just living through a script right now and I want everyone to keep in their mind the, the 50 year plans, the 100 year plans etc of communism uh, are being used by, by, by us today we have 5 year plans for this part of the agenda 10 for that, 50 for that it's the same bunch running the same show as always and that's why they have these MOs they leave behind them. Now, <clears throat> in October 2005, uh, a reporter called Packer uh, wrote in the Boston Globe and, and a few other papers across the country um, what, a, what a senior advisor to the Bush administration said to the reporters that day. And it's so important we realize that, that the advisors you see are more important than the front men and masonry number one is never the boss it's always number two that's a masonic fact two is more important than one and this and the advisors are tremendously important because they're unelected they are globalists because they all implement through their own presidents or prime ministers the same global agenda at the same time so someone's training them 
In the occult, they call them the gray men because their floor is the chessboard, the black and white, and they are the gray men. They move between one world and the other to the real guys who rule the world. So they tell, they write the scripts, they tell, the presidents read these scripts and prime ministers. And this is what one of these, these, these advisors and script writers said, printed in the Globe and Mail, October 30th, 2005. He said, we are an empire now. Well, that's the new American century, you see, the club they belong to. And when we act, we create our own reality. And while you're studying that reality, judiciously, as you will, that's like some of them on shortwave, they just power up what's happening today. We liked again, creating other new realities, which you can study too. And that's just how things will work out. We are history's actors, and you, all of you, will be left to study what we do. A statement from the senior Bush administrative uh, advisor. And that's what they do. They give us spins on everything. They give us fake realities. People should watch Wag the Dog. It went through the Bosnia War before it happened, just exactly as it eventually did happen. They put it in her face all the time. And those who understand what's happening must cultivate their own individuality because the world they're creating is the world of absolute total collectivism a worldwide plantation where people will be grown for their purposes to serve this, this uh, world plantation there are thousand years of peace they call it when we're all chipped and, and we're no longer us we are an it, we are not a Borg, the original B, B Org, you see. And it's up to individuals not to keep their head down and be timid because this is not, not something, a battle. This is a battle for the mind, for the spirit, for the soul of every individual that's ever lived before us. All the poor souls who, who, who've struggled and, and, and pioneered and done all the right things for thousands of years but never knowing the agenda and it's also for those to come because we do not have the right to say I'm okay, maybe I'll get through this and retire before the end comes that's the most selfish opt-out, cop-out statement I've ever heard before this is a battle for all time for the past, the present and the future and people must stand up and be counted and, and say their piece and tell others because don't be cowered by tyrant speeches and tyrant threats you are an individual living living divine being and it's up to you to use that divinity really use it and let it let it shine out there anyway that's all for tonight folks it was rather spontaneous and I, I hope you tune in again next week when Jackie will be back on Wednesday and Gerald will be in Gerald will be in on Monday Tuesday. Thank you very much. Thank you.